Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. One of my favorite parts of the summer has always been, even since I was really little, buying books, getting books to read because I want to read them, not because a teacher's assigned them to me or my work demands it. So it's something I practice every summer. And I've been thinking about it a lot, especially this week with this story, because I was trying to picture myself opening that summer reading or I guess today would be turning on your Kindle or your iPad and turning to the first paragraph of the book and reading, and they all lived happily ever after. And I was thinking, if, if a book started that way, I'd be really confused and puzzled. But we kind of did that with this passage today. I don't know if you noticed. We're preaching on Noah and the ark and all that, but you didn't hear anything about that ark, did you? We didn't tell that story. We didn't start at the part where Noah, where God comes up to Noah and says, I'm going to make it rain for a long time. And we didn't start with the part about God asking Noah to build a huge boat and giving him dimensions to use in building this boat. And we didn't hear about when God went up to Noah after the boat was done and said, I need you to do one more thing. I need you to go out and gather the animals and put them on the ark. And we didn't hear about how it rained for 40 days and how that must have been very trying on the patience of the animals as well as the people. And we didn't hear about the time it took for the land to dry. And maybe it's a good thing that we skipped all that part. Maybe it's the prequel to our passage today. Because those are the parts of the story that scholars argue about continually. There are people who have devoted their lives to studying and finding the truth behind the Noah's Ark story. And they're literally assessing the geography to see if they can figure out when it flooded. And they're looking for the mountain where the Ark finally came to a rest. They're looking for any evidence they can find to prove that these sto- this story actually happened. And of course, if you've got studying, scholars studying on this side, you've got scholars studying on the other side too, right? There are scholars trying to disprove that any of this actually happened. There's another group of scholars, a third group, who say, you know, actually, it doesn't really matter whether it happened or not. If you're looking at that part of the story, you're missing the point. The point is actually in the passage we read today. So did we go straight for that happy ending where they all lived happily ever after? Sort of. And we did it for a couple reasons. The first is very practical. For the next six weeks, Pastor Lynn and I are going to be preaching on covenants, which is a big fancy word for promise. And so we wanted to introduce the covenant series with the first one in Scripture. But we also did it because I think it's hard to remember sometimes that God makes promises to us, especially when your world is turned upside down. When floods come, and by floods I mean, yes, it could be literal water, and we're very familiar with that in Texas these days, but it also could be a flood of emotion that comes from an overwhelming problem 
like a recurrence of your diagnosis of cancer, job loss, or addiction, or maybe troubles with school and academics. Floods are really anything that overwhelm your life. And when that flood comes, sometimes you have to cling to the only piece of driftwood that's floating by you. And what better thing to cling to than God's promises? The irony of the timing of this sermon has not been lost on the staff. We planned this months ago, had no idea about the torrential rains that we would be experiencing right now and the flooding that's been going around, not just in Texas. If you're reading the news, you're seeing that it's also over in Europe. They've had devastating floods in France where they had to close the Louvre Museum, and the Seine is flooding in Paris, and there's also terrible flooding in Germany. We're not the only ones experiencing this. And little did we know when we planned this, this Sunday that there would be so much loss of property and even life. So that's one of the reasons I'm really glad that During Surprising Summer Sundays, our um, program that we're doing this summer, again, between the two services, today we were making flood buckets to distribute throughout Texas to victims of flooding. And these are, are buckets that are just packed full of things for people who are going back to a flooded home, things that they'll need to clean up the property And I can imagine that as people receive these, that they're so glad and so helpful. And of course, the bucket itself is helpful, isn't it? Um, I'm going to leave that uncovered. And today, in our Surprising Summer Sundays, I think we made 50, is that right? 50 buckets were made today, including this one. So this is the 50th when we close it. Um, And thank you to everybody who helped, and especially to Selena, who organized it all. It was a really incredible time. But the the goal of this bucket is to provide people with whatever they need to clean up their property after it's been flooded. But what about the emotional cleanup? This is great for the physical cleanup. But when you've experienced a flood, I can only imagine a literal flood, that there's a lot of emotional damage that comes with that as well. And of course, there's emotional damage when you're trying to clean up behind those other kinds of floods that we talk about when the problems in your life just cause an emotional flooding that you don't know what to do. And again, that is where I think this passage is so helpful. It's like God has packed a flood bucket for you in this passage to help you deal with the flood that's coming. And what did God put in that flood bucket? First, God puts a promise to you, to every living creature, on the planet, everything. And that this is a personal promise. And you have God's word on it. And second, God puts in this bucket the promise that your life will never be destroyed by the high waters that come again. And the third thing that God puts in that is a sign so that we'll all remember it, so that God will look at that sign and remember it. The sign of the rainbow to let you know you can't have a rainbow unless it's been raining somewhere. So you've got a flood and a lot of rain, but you also have a sign of God's promise. So God's put everything into that bucket that we need to begin picking up the pieces as the high waters of life recede. And it made me think about this. You know, I started by saying, well, maybe 
this passage is starting with the end. It's starting with, and they all lived happily ever after. But then I thought, no, maybe it's really starting with the beginning. It's starting with the once upon a time for the next chapter of your life. God's rebooted all life on the earth, and God can help reboot your life and start your next chapter. So I wonder, what's the title of your next chapter going to be? To quote a dear friend this morning whose presence we are missing, that is the good news I have to share with you this morning. Amen.